the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's Lifeline with Craig Roberts. He's the host of Northern California's longest-running conservative talk show. He's a man with a message, a conservative with compassion. He's Lifeline's own Craig Roberts. Thank you, sir, and a good afternoon. Welcome, welcome. Hey, great to have you with us. 14th day of January. My goodness, two weeks into a brand new... uh, Brand new decade, brand new year here, and I still haven't taken the Christmas decorations down. <laughs> Don't tell anybody I confess that, unless you're in that same category in which, hey, let's get together this weekend. I'll help you take you on your tree if you get on the ladder and take the outdoor lights out. At any rate, we got a great show lined up for you today. Coming up a little bit later on, as you probably have taken note, next Monday marks Martin Luther King Day, and there's going to be a number of important a celebration, certainly, of his life and a memorialization of his ministry and life's work throughout the United States and throughout the San Francisco Bay Area. Our dear friend Bishop Bob Jackson is going to join us, talk a bit about not just uh, some events happening here in the Bay Area that you can participate in next Monday, but also the life and the lasting legacy of Dr. Martin Luther King. We'll get to that conversation coming up a little bit later on in tonight's program. Well, it's been announced today by Iranian officials that arrests have been made in connection to the deadly crash of a Ukrainian airliner shot down by an Iranian missile. A spokesman for the nation's judicial system didn't share any additional details in the announcement, just simply saying that they've made arrests. The plane crashed last week, killing all 176 passengers on board. The Boeing 737 was shot down by mistake. The night Iran had been firing missiles at bases housing U.S. troops in Iraq. This, of course, in response to um, the United States sending a drone attack in in Iraq that took the life of a top Iranian general. There's a lot of certainly political dynamic to this. We're not going to spend much time talking about that tonight. There's certainly a lot of deep history in the animosity between the United States and Iran, but we're not going to talk much about that either. We'll spend a little bit of time sort of setting the stage here to give you some historical perspective. And then I want to focus in on the spiritual dynamic as we sort of peel back the layers of this onion um, and really hopefully at the end um, inspire all of us to be in prayer for Iran. It is a nation rich in history, uh, rich in people and resources, steeped in, in years and years of not only government oppression, but certainly religious oppression under the um, heavy blanket of oppression called Islam. Joining me today in studio, a very special guest. He's senior pastor at the Bay Area's own Iranian Christian Church, Pastor Camille Levi. Pastor Levi, always good to have you with us. Thank you very much for inviting me again. Joining us also by phone is Pastor Homoz Shariat, who is the leader of Iran Alive Ministry. This is a broadcast satellite ministry that reaches into home churches all across Iran. And Pastor Homoz, thank you so much for being with us. Thank you for inviting me. 
Let's spend a little bit of time first, if we can, uh, Pastor Navai, a little bit of uh, perspective. The, the the difficultness and the political aspect of the relationship between the United States and Iran uh, certainly predates the the killing of uh, Soleimani. It predates certainly the U.S. withdrawal from the nuclear treaty with Iran. Um, it, it might even arguably predate the 1979 embassy invasion, which lasted for 444 days, taking 52 hostages, Um, as we were visiting here off the air. That that was kind of the start of a transition in Iran, almost where, in a sense, with the deposing of the Shah, Iranians exchanged what had been largely a a puppet dictator Mm -hmm. under control of America for your own dictator, but a dictator nevertheless. And in the ensuing 40-something years, there's never been a a thawing of relationships between the United States and Iran. But that's, as you were describing, more on the governmental level than it is really realistically, even though we see the protests on the streets, death to America, burning of of American flags. the, The real heart of the Iranian people for America is nothing like that. That is true. That is true. First of all, I'm so thankful that uh, you invite us to come. And our hearts goes after the people who already uh, lost their uh, children uh, and family in that crash. And not only that, is uh, in the past uh, month, uh, which we had a crowd coming out against the government, uh, we lost uh, about 1,500 our young people, uh, which is not getting to the news. So our heart goes for them. <clears throat> and uh, besides all these bad news coming out of Iran, uh, Pastor Ormoz and I uh, are honored to give a good news that uh, is the most uh, exciting uh, growing church is inside Iran right now. So I know your listeners uh, are excited to know what our Lord Jesus is doing in the midst of all these uh, troubles and and hates and uh, all these killings in that area. God is doing a great job. But you're right, uh, this uh, differences between the United States and Iran, it's been growing for the past 40 years. And we as a Christians, I used to be a Muslim myself, as you know, we have been in the, your program before. I received Jesus Christ uh, as my Savior when I was in the uh, United States. And same as Pastor Hormoz, we both received Christ. And uh, we found out that uh, we're coming out of uh, total darkness to the light of Christ. So our ch- life was changed, and this change has been somehow God gave us the opportunity to be a pioneer to transfer this gospel to Iran. And the good news is, even as I say again, uh, uh, in the midst of all these troubles, the good news is God is in uh, work, and he's working, and is uh, saving people uh, in the middle of all these troubles and killings. But uh, you're right. It's, uh, after 40 years, this government's still there, and uh, dictators are ruling the country. Uh, but the church is growing, and people are seeing Christ and the light of Christ. And there's a big spiritual warfare beyond whatever the war we see right now in the Middle East, but there's a huge spiritual warfare as well. So I just want to mention that, throw it in there, I know. Your uh, listeners uh, are excited. They pray for Iran. There's so many Christians are praying for Iran. And we pray uh, in, in, in this uh, situation. God uh, touches people as before with the dreams and visions, and people are getting saved. 
in these hardships, people come to God more. <laughs> and clearly, I mean, you, you, you see in the demonstrations on the streets, as they have been for not just the past couple of months, but as we were talking off the air, even going back to 2011, yes. 2012, yes. during the so-called Arab Spring, that there, there is a hungrier, hunger of the Iranian people for change. And, and uh, Pastor Shariat, I, I'm, I'm curious, as you look at the political oppression, the lack of freedom of speech, uh, obviously the, 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 the control that, that Tehran, that the imams have on the people of Iran. Are there ways in which that oppression ultimately is used by the Lord? And I, and I ask that question because we see parallels with countries like communist China that has no religious freedom, no freedom of the press, uh, hardly any scant relationship to a democracy such as what we're familiar with in the West. And yet, in spite of that, because that creates sort of this pressure cooker, God uses it in amazing ways to spread his word and to grow the church amazingly strong, as we see 10,000 a day in communist China coming to Christ. Do you see some of those parallels going on inside this pressure cooker called Iran, that in spite of it, God is using those circumstances for his glory? Well, definitely, yes. You know, the pressure has been there for 40 years. Iran is the only country led by clergy, and that's for 40 years. So the people of Iran, after all these years, they've come to conclusion that Islam is not the way. Islam is our problem. Millions of Iranians have already rejected Islam and very open to the message of the gospel. That's why, according to an independent research, Iran has the fastest growing evangelical population in the world. Millions are coming to Christ. And but with all these uh, problems in the last few months, uh, I would expect, because I've seen that in the past, uh, like 10 years ago when there was a green movement, they were killing a few hundred people on the streets. Uh, the month after that, I saw a spike in the number of people who came to Christ. And the reason is this. When they see the brutality of the government, and by the way, that's Islamic government, which means Islam and the politics and the government are one. When they reject the government, they're rejecting Islam because they know their government is following Islam. So every time... Things like this happen, even though it's uh, hard suffering for the people. The economy is bad. The young people are being killed. The result is a spike in the number of Muslims who are coming to Christ. Even high-ranking people, even people at the government uh, are coming to Christ. Because through this brutality, even people in the government sometimes wake up and those who have a little heart for people have a have a love for people, they wake up and say, what are we doing? This is not the right thing to do, and maybe I'm the wrong place. Um, we have seen commanders come to Christ, and by the way, we just uh, produced a, a testimony, a powerful testimony of a top commander officer coming to Christ. And if your viewers, uh, if your listeners want to have a copy of that, I will send them a link. If they, if they just uh, send the word Iran, if they if they text the word Iran to a number, 74784. So it's 74784, like the airplane, 74784. Go as if you're sending a message to that number and send Iran. And I will send a link to a testimony and also a link to this testimony of the commander who just coming to crush. And that's just an example. 
we every day we see people contacting us who are open to the message of the gospel, praying to receive Christ. And many of them, Greg, are the ones who they told me, they tell me, six months ago, I was a fanatic Muslim. Six months ago, I was pro-government. And because of what the brutality, the injustice I've seen, I have come to myself. I'm looking at Islam with a new set of eyes, and I'm realizing it is not from God. And I heard the message from your satellite program, and I'm calling, so I want Jesus in my life. That's what's happening, not one or two, by thousands. This really presents leadership, the Ayatollah and the Imams, with a, with a very difficult set of circumstances here. As you pointed out, Pastor Navai, if, if there is severe persecution or a clamping down on the protest, 1,500 yeah. young people, yes. Iranian citizens, killed by their own government on their own streets. People have to look at that, and I guess the lesson of be careful what you do in the name of Allah, because when you do that, right. people are going to see that, see that, that, that brute force brutality and the loss of life, and equate that with your actions being done in the name of Allah, and suddenly people are now questioning their faith. They're questioning what kind of God would allow this to happen, and therefore the opportunity to then be open to exploring the claims of Christ. And I suppose the imagery between the image of a brutal, forceful, hateful deity in the case of, of Allah and the image of a forgiving God who sacrifices his son because he so badly wants relationship right. with his creation. I mean, this is a dichotomy that, that would confront the average Iranian, I suppose, and leave them with a, with a huge decision to make, would it right. not? Absolutely, and also because of a prayer of so many Christians and among Americans, Christians that they are praying over Iran, uh, the, that the spiritual air over Iran is opening up, and people are uh, getting visions and they're hearing, and the love of Christ, as you mentioned, the love of Christ, God who sacrificed His only Son on the cross for people rather than killing them, He killed Himself. And it says, I die for you, I love you. And these parents who already lost their children, and says, what kind of a religion is that? Mm-hmm. He's killing my children just for the sake of uh, pursuing their uh, the politics and uh, desire of uh, controlling the uh, whole government in Iran. So that's why those parents, those wives, those children are all just drifting away from Islam. And they're listening to them. Actually, um, we are thankful for have that gospel is preaching over satellite over Iran, and Pastor Hormuz is leading it from Dallas, and it's just over uh, Iran and uh, 1040 window, and people can hear it in their own language. And uh, they decided themselves. They decide, so this is the truth, and the truth will set them free. Let's pause on that point. We're going to come back to more of our conversation. With me today is the head of Iran Alive Ministry, Pastor Hormoz Shariat. Also in studio, Pastor Camille Navai, senior pastor at the Iranian Christian Church of South Bay. We'll take a brief time out, come back to more of our conversation as Lifeline continues. Let's get you updated on some traffic here, 520, the latest from the KFAX Traffic Center. And now back to Lifeline with Craig Roberts. All right, we're back to the conversation, and we're getting sort of the story behind the story. Yes, we have read a lot ad nauseum over the last couple of weeks pertaining to uh, the, the recent drone strike 
um, on, ironically, not Iranian soil, but Iraqi soil of Iranian General uh, Qassam Soleimani. Of course, this is, you know, escalated hostility between the United States and Iran. We've also seen some protests that have come out as a result. And around the time of that drone strike, um, the Iranian guard, accidentally or otherwise, shot down a civilian airliner, an Ukrainian airliner, with 160, uh, 176 passengers on board, a good percentage of them Iranians. And uh, this has once again brought protests into the streets. And as we're learning from our guest tonight, Pastor Camille Novai, senior pastor of the Iranian Christian Church of the South Bay, and Pastor Homoz Shariat of Iran Alive Ministry, a satellite broadcast ministry into Iran, that a lot of this is sort of the pressure cooker boiling over in relationship to growing frustration that the Iranian people are having with the Ayatollah, with the 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 uh, the theocratic regime in Tehran, and and ironically, there has been nonstop pressure. If it wasn't pressure in the early days, going back pre-Iranian hostage crisis of living under the the totalitarian totalitarian regime of the Shah, you've just switched it for a different type of totalitarian regime, but the pressure and the lack of liberty is there nevertheless. Um, Fair to say that there is the beginning of a significant breaking point, and I guess I'll pose this question first to Pastor Shariat. Um, Is this a pressure cooker that could potentially explode to the point where um, the government in Tehran just can't control it anymore? I mean, I realize that they can shoot live bullets into crowds and they can shut off the Internet. But but as we saw, for example, with the collapse of the Soviet Union back in the 1980s, can it reach to the point where they can just no longer contain it anymore? Well, the Iranian government is very brutal. And that's, uh, that's from Islam, that's from their beliefs that the human life does not matter. That's a very Islamic uh, ideology, yeah. It's Christians who value life. So uh, if the people continue to rise, the number of uh, murders on the streets will rise. And the government, and, and one of the government officials, just uh, one of the mullahs said, if we have to, quote-unquote, if we have to kill one million Iranians to keep Islam in this country, we will. Wow. So that's, that's their theology. Um, the people rising to take over the government is very, very unlikely because people are not ready to pay that high price, knowing that the other side, the government, will be just killing, killing with no uh, restraint. Now, the only hope or the only thing that can make the government change is some kind of division among themselves, uh, or it's kind of implosion and infighting in the government. That's the only way that the government can change in a short time that much uh, bloodshed. Otherwise, it's going to be a long term and many people will be killed. If the people have to take over the government, it's not going to be overnight. It's going to be months and months of bloodshed before it, before it happens. Um, so pay f- pray for the peace on the streets and pray for chaos inside uh, of the house of the imams. That's right. And it's happening in the Bible. And when you pray, it happens to the uh, enemy camp. And God will send the angel. <laughs> we, we talk about these tragic deaths, and I don't want to um, undermine the significance of that by any means. But as we look at sort of the 30,000-foot 
picture here of what they can potentially represent in a sense almost as martyrs for the freedom of the people of Iran. Um, and we look at some of this unrest. Again, not to minimize the, the tragedy, the severity of these deaths, but do either of you get a sense that God in and through this can nevertheless still work and use the, the, the tragicness of all of this as a means to awaken more people that will lead to a further erosion of the control that the Ayatollah has on Iran? I think they continue what they're doing by killing our kids on the street, and they keep going. Something would happen, uh, as Pastor almost said, in, in inside themselves. Something, somebody may come up and say, okay, enough is enough. We're going to do differently. But otherwise, people are not as strong as, uh, as they could stand. But you could, from within leadership, see a, a small pulling away. I mean, for example, toward the, the closing days of World War II, there were German generals that, while perhaps not defiant to Hitler's face, behind his back, did not carry out orders or did just absolutely the opposite of what they had ordered because at the end, they have enough conscience to realize that if this guy continues to, to lead the nation in that direction, the whole country was going to implode. That is true. Yeah, if, uh, if that happens, which can happen, they have a solution, which they did. You know, they have done in the recent the month and in the past, which is bring the soldiers from Syria Return the favor, because Soleimani and his people killed tens of thousands of uh, young people in Syria to protect Assad's government. So to return the favor, and they've done it in the past, bring those soldiers who have no mercy on the Iranian people. Uh, and we have seen that happen in the past, and if they have to do it again, they will do it. They bring those people. So they will not have this problem of some Iranian soldiers turning against them because they're not going to be Iranian. They will not have mercy on, on the youth on Iraq. So that, that part uh, is possible, but it, again, they're, they're wiser than these things. If the moment they see there is a problem and some of the military or, this, or the uh, military police or, or the revolutionary guards are turning back, they, they have a solution. That's why they turn around the they change the leadership of the SEPA, which is Revolutionary Guards, often because they don't want that happen. Uh, what, you know, the, the brutality is out there. At, at, when, the, when they kill these young people, when the parents go to get the bodies, they charge them. You know, you know when, uh, when I became Christian, they killed my brother. They, they executed my brother. When my mom went to get my brother's body, they said, you have to pay for the bullets. And think what would happen in the heart of what did happen in the heart of my mom and these parents who go to take the body of their child, and they have to pay high price to just to get the body. And then they forbid them. They say you're not allowed to gather and mourn for the death of your child with your friends and family members. And those who do are are being arrested and in jail. Just think of what this is more than rejection. The people of Iran are becoming disgusted with the government. It's, it's a hatred, it's a deep hatred and rejection. And the more they do this, the more they step away from government and from Islam. And the church, that's why it's growing so fast. The underground church in Iran is growing fast, and we need to pray for them to be strong. The numbers are going fast, but we need to help them. And that's why we do through satellite television media 
we're not just evangelizing. Evangelism is easy. <laughs> the simplest message that I share on television, I see people call and come to Christ. Now the challenge is how can we work together to build the church in Evan strong? They're growing fast, but they need teaching. The number one request I get from the Christians in Iran is teach us, teach us Bible. That's why I encourage and I invite, if you're a pastor, if you're in a church who wants to reach out to the Middle East, contact me. Together we can disciple that nation, and they're ready to be discipled. And that's so critically important, because growing the church numerically uh, is certainly key, but a church that is a mile wide and an inch deep will not be able to sustain or or uh, to survive through great degrees of persecution, nor will they be effective at replicating through discipleship. But a spiritually strong church that can look in the face of evil and say, get thee behind me, Satan, with tremendous sense of confidence, is going to be a church that will be sustainable and will be an overcoming church. And eventually, and, I, and, I, and you know, we, we started, uh, Pastor Novi, before we came on the air tonight, talking about the notion of, you know, Regardless of what we're seeing on the 6 o'clock news, and they're all the, the noise coming out of both Tehran and Washington, D.C., for that matter, let's not for a moment discount the fact that God is still in control. Amen. That, yes, this is a very complex set of circumstances, and yet look at what Christ did with a ragtag group of 12 Fairly unqualified. I mean, I don't think if anybody were choosing one of them to be a leader of a seminary would have said any one of them would have qualified for that position. And yet, 12 guys uh, literally turned the world upside down. And so, if God can sustain the message of his love for his creation from all those years ago, starting with just 12 eyewitnesses, imagine what he can do with a praying church and a church that is dedicated um, toward sharing the good news of the gospel. And certainly toward that end, let me ask a final question for both of you. How can we as the church be be praying? And let me start first with Pastor Hamoz Shariat. How, from your perspective, should the church in the West, the church in America, be praying for the church in Iran? Well, I let me first give a challenge there. Which you, you mentioned that. Let us listen to God more than we listen to the news. Uh, he has a plan. He is working in Iran. In Jeremiah 49, 38, he promises that Iran will be saved. He says, I will set my throne in Elam, which is completely inside Iran. So we, at the end, we know we are going to be winners. We know Iran will be saved. And But we need to listen to him and partner with him. Don't just focus on the news. Don't let the news direct you, but the Spirit of God and the Word of God direct us. So, number one prayer is let's pray for ourselves to wake up to what God is doing around the world and in Iran and, and partner with him. Number two, let's pray that the church in Iran, they're, they're very enthusiastic by, this, by, by the way. They are ready to live and die for Jesus. I see so much of courage among these people, but they need Bible Bible teaching. They're hungry for Bible teaching. Pray for the biblical strength of the church in Iran. Because they do not have the depth of the Bible knowledge, they easily are becoming deceived. Did you know 
the cults also are growing really fast in Iran. The Jehovah's Witnesses and Mormons and other type of cults are growing. Why? Because people are spiritually hungry, but they do not have discernment. They do not know the Word of God. Let's pray for this, for the Bible, for the Word of God get into Iran. Let's pray for the persecuted Christians, just like in the book of Acts, that they will be courageous not to step back and hide in their homes, but step out on the streets, put their lives on the line, and be a salt and light, even in this great darkness. Let me turn to Pastor Levi. Same question, Pastor. How should we as the church in America be thinking about praying for the church in Iran? Um, before I request uh, the prayers uh, against that demonic force which is over Iran, I just want to encourage your listeners that God is working, as Pastor Hormos says, God is working in the midst of all those uh, troubles and uh, problems in Iran. And uh, when we pray together as a unity, as a church, and uh, the spiritual uh, air over Iran will be open. I just wanted to encourage everybody. Uh, I remember uh, Pastor Hormuz and I in 2001, we sat down and we counted, we could count all the groups in Iran and outside of Iran, how many uh, Muslim converts like Pastor Hormuz and I uh, was converted from uh, Islam to Christianity. We could count only 20,000 people at 2001. And thank God after that, God gave us the uh, opening in, in the air of Iran with a satellite and uh, after 2001. And right now, even 2010, when uh, other uh, organizations were uh, just doing research, we were over a million. Right now, it's over 2 million at least converts, Muslim converts like me and Pastor Hormoz are in Iran. So we ask for prayer for them, as Pastor Hormos says, for their discernments and the teaching Bible to them. And I also request all your uh, listeners that let's be united in spiritual warfare. The demonic force of uh, King of Persia, that the demon of Persia, and also the demon who came with the Islam that over uh, over in Iran, we need to break that bondage. That authority is given to all Christians, and we need to use it. Amen. Amen. I'd like to thank both of you for being with us tonight, Pastor Hermos Shariat. If, again, if you want to get information or uh, receive a, the link to that special testimony that he referred to in the previous segment, you can simply text Iran, I-R-A-N, Iran, to 74784. That's text the word Iran to 74784. Information about Pastor Shariat's ministry online at IranAliveMinistries.org. Locally, our thanks to Pastor Camille Novai, Senior Pastor of the Iranian Christian Church. Details about his ministry on the web at IranianChristianChurch.com. That's IranianChristianChurch.com. Thanks to both of you for being with us tonight. Pastor, it's always good to see you. We'll take a brief time out. When we come back, we're going to turn the corner, talk about Martin Luther King's birthday coming up next week as Lifeline continues. And here now, that look at traffic from the KFAX Traffic Center.